going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sama Talk. Let's go. Hope you guys are having a good night. Um, I'm back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, family's finally starting to get healthy. And uh, yeah, here I am. And uh, we got an awesome episode for you guys. Uh, big shout out to George Splico. They are a huge supporter of the maker community. If you don't know them already, go check out the website. It's linked in our bio. They carry Sawdust Talk merch to support our channel. And they carry a bunch of other maker merch. So go check them out. And uh, let's get our other hosts in here. Jeff, we got Ed on tonight. And what's going on, Jeff? What's up, buddy? How are you, man? Exhausted. I don't know if you could tell, but I got some Versace bags underneath my eyes. That's rough, man. Let's Look at that handsome guy right there. Yeah. Oh man, we are we're doing good tonight here. How's it going? What's up, Ed? If I can get coffee in here. <clears throat> What is this? Cool. Where am I? I seriously, it has been a long time since I've been here, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird. Uh, oh my gosh, just having some technical difficulties trying to get coffee in here. It's been oh, so whoa. long, I forgot how to do it. We probably should have done a pre-show just to make sure you were good. Apparently, I have <laughs> life. Um, let's see here. Why can't I invite him? He may have to invite. Or yeah, send an invite Mike, Mike send, a, send a request real quick if, if that's not working. So, yeah. So dead so air, just, nothing like everybody, it. Everybody, we're just staring at everything. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm struggling here. What the heck? <clears throat> Why can't we get coffee in here? <clears throat> Mike, if you can, if you can hear us, Please if you work. can send an invite, if it's not working, is it working? I think I got him. Yeah. I know he's uh, in. I'm uh, trying to get him. Hey, uh, all right. There he oh. is. Oh, all right. Oh my gosh, that was a struggle. Yeah. What happened? Wow. Yeah, Whose fault is it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's your beard's fault. <laughs> no, that thing doesn't do anything wrong. So <laughs> you you have Cheerios in there right now. I will I will Later. accept responsibility. You're fired. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, yeah. So I am Kyle. You can't Brewer. just blink out of that. You can't well, just talk your way out of that. Well, anyways, I just screwed up a lot. Oh, that's not how this works. This is a big show, boy. No, what I was going to say was, yep, I'll see you guys later. Have a good night. <laughs> you guys later. Drop the ball. Whoops. <laughs> What's going you on, know, gentlemen? Sometimes things happen. That's all I can say. Not uh, good enough. Yeah, anyways, though, I'm Kyle Brewer. I am one of your hosts here tonight pass it over to Jeff. Sometimes I do things. He does things better than me. So, uh, I'm Jeff, yeah. Maker's Way. 
Um, I don't make mistakes like Kyle does. I don't know what's what's wrong mm. with him. So. Very nice. Uh, I'm Ed from Mancini Woodworking, and I make plenty of mistakes, but I just learned how to hide mine. It's, you know. Mm. Mm. Anyway. I refuse Mike. to accept failure, and uh, anyone who makes mistakes is a fool. Oh, oh very nice. <laughs> so, get out of here with that energy. No. What's, uh, what's up? Hit me with the questions. Let's go. Come on. Come in hot. Fast. Ed, go. Holy shit, bro. Jesus. All right. All right. So for those of you that might not know, this is uh, Mike Coffee from a lot of coffee things. He's got a, a few coffee things going on. He's an um, insufferable monster who names everything after himself. Yeah. Or, or a very lovely morning drink. I don't know which one is which. Um, so, Mike, we have watched you go from a hobbyist shop right? Where you're doing it kind of part-time after work, you had a full-time job. We've watched you transition over to leaving your full-time job, doing uh, woodworking full-time, and then moving to a Christmas tree farm where you start building your shop up from the ground up pretty much. Um, so let's, let's go back to the beginning, right? Um, what it, it, cliche as it as it is this this whole show is about you and like letting the community get to know you where you came from and kind of the struggles that you've had the wins that you've had stuff like that so what got you started doing this uh woodworking yeah um well i used to be into motorcycles quite a bit uh, i had a few harleys and i used to do that i was riding a lot and then um I would tool on them a bit and wrench on them and do whatever I could to them. And then uh, my son was born and, uh, you know, there's no real time for any of that stuff anymore. So um, I got pretty heavily addicted to meth. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. That didn't happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I just, I, I, I got rid of my bike. My, I got rid of my bikes and, um, you know, I didn't really have any. I don't. I don't like not doing stuff. Um, I hate sitting around. I hate it. It drives me bonkers. I have to be doing something always. And um, I didn't have an activity anymore that I liked. Um, I was trying to figure out my way. I went and took like a blacksmithing class. Mm -hmm. That was not for me. Um, it's cool. I really like blacksmithing, but it was just, it's just, I didn't like it like I uh, thought I would. Um, and then I took a couple classes, like, you know, they do those like weekend warrior hobbyist classes at Woodcraft. I took a couple of those and I was like, Oh, it's pretty cool. So I kind of picked that up and I started building some stuff like some shelves and then some different pieces. And I just kind of went down this rabbit hole. I have this, um, personality where I, um, I'm like really laser focused. And if I get something that I really enjoy, I'm, I just really went deep diving down the rabbit hole on that. And mm -hmm. um, within a few months of starting it, I, I, was, I was coming home from work and I would work, you know, nine to five or whatever, eight to five. And then I'd get home and then I'd start being in the shop till sometimes two in the morning. Most nights it started becoming like that where I would, I would get, I'd get home from work and I'd just start being in there. And I was trying to learn as much as I could. Learn, 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 learn. Um, I got, you know, I started really enjoying tools. I really love tools. I think tools are great. They're super fun. Um, 
But like getting better at woodworking was really big for me. So I just was spending, I'd come home from work and then I'd spend eight hours in the shop trying to get better at it, trying to take on new things, trying to do new stuff. And then after a while I was like, hmm, you know, this is really rewarding in a way. And I had all that fear of uh, if I turn this into my job, am I going to hate it? But um, I think that happens for a lot of people. Um, I don't really have that. Um, that's not an issue for me. I needed to not be working for someone else really badly. I needed mm -hmm. me to be my boss really bad. Um, I didn't really learn that about myself until woodworking. Like woodworking really taught me a lot about myself. And I'm not like trying to be lame or cliche, but like I learned a lot about me from woodworking. Um, and, you know, I was like 33 when I got into woodworking and I just mm -hmm. learned a lot of stuff about myself, you know, learned about what really matters. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but I learned a lot about myself because of woodworking. Um, I have, um, you know, I have a great passion for this. I'm pretty new to it. Um, but, and it, I just, it's one of those things where I know I'll never be as good as I can be with woodworking. I'm always going to keep getting better at it. And I love that challenge. So, um, I also really like the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And I started going down that path and I'm fortunate to have been in the jobs I've had in my life have taught me business stuff. But uh, the, the job I had the most recently was working at my family's uh, business. I learned a lot there and um, a lot of stuff that really does apply to running this sort of business. I mean, construction and furniture making, uh, they have a lot of similarities and a lot of, if you, if you draw a Venn diagram the area in the middle is pretty similar. There's a lot of business things that have, they're very similar in that Venn diagram. So, right, right. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot of that stuff and I started to really enjoy the woodworking. I mean, I love the woodworking side, but I started enjoying the business side and mm -hmm. I kind of made the decision to, to turn it into a business. Uh, that was about two, about three years ago. I kind of was like, okay, let's, let, let's start moving down this path or down this path. And uh, then I started, I went to WorkbenchCon 2020 and while I was there, I, I, a lot of the classes resonated on a content side, but from the business side, I took this class that Cass Moses put on and um, he had a lot of interesting things to say about running a, a, a wood shop and a furniture shop and tying automation into that. And what right. he said made a lot of sense. And um, I mean, I truth be told, I really don't enjoy operating the CNC. I, uh, it's a means to an end. I've gotten good at it, but, um, it's not like what I really like doing. I really like to just make stuff with more traditional tools. Uh, right. that, that decision to buy my CNC really helped my business a lot. And then I was able to leverage that thing big time to help with other projects, get myself the foot in the door and other things made me able to do things that a lot of people in the area couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was a, that was a big investment for me. Um, I mean, I had already, I had already started investing in a lot of other tools and getting another tool, other tools in the shop, but the CNC was a big investment. And that was kind of like, a, um, you know, that was uh, that could have gone either way for me, but it didn't, it, went, it ended up going really well. So, and it worked out really good. And uh, you know, the next yeah. CNC is going to be coming in soon. So. Cause you um, started with the Laguna Swift, right? Yeah. 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 So I'm always been a, I'm always been a, buy the most expensive tool you can buy at the time kind of guy. Okay. And I was starting to already see income from the business. So I jumped on, I knew I didn't want anything but a rigid frame CNC. 
I had done my research and I just didn't want that. Um, I didn't want anything but that to start with. And I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I went that route. So now for anybody watching right now that might not know, Mike is part of a trio, um, another Woodshop podcast, something or green, green suitors woodshop. I, uh, I don't yeah, know. It's another anyway. green suitors woodshop yeah, sounds so, is what we call it. That's right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so out of the three guys that you, out of you three, you were the last one to get a CNC, right? So did you kind of leverage? No, I was right? the first, I was the second one. to get a CNC. <laughs> so, but Pete, really I wouldn't count Pete's CNC as a CNC. He had a, um, he had like an X carve or whatever, or whatever uh -huh. they are. The, that, I mean, he had one of those, like, re like the budget, most entry-level CNCs. X-Carver, so, Poco or something? Yeah. Poco, that's what he had, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, Dan got his Onefinity after I got my CNC. Okay. So, I've had mine for about two and a half years now. Gotcha. That's awesome. Freaking so, sweet. So, I want to jump in here and, like, talk about, like, what, what did you start making when you got into the woodworking realm? Like, when you, like, first got that bug like what were you making back then um it was a lot of um it was a lot of like boards and stuff you know a lot of cutting boards and things like that um i had this um i got fortunate there's some pretty affluent communities near here and unfortunately uh you can actually make pretty decent money on boards around here um I hate making cutting boards. Well, that's not true. I like making really intricate cutting boards, but like they, they would actually move pretty well. Mm -hmm. And like restaurants around here would buy them. And uh, yeah, live, laugh, live, love, laugh signs was my exclusive income. It was, uh, <laughs> that nouveau farmhouse style where you like take a piece of pine and then you paint it white with a rattle can and you just beat the crap out of it with chains. And then you uh, put some stickers on there. It's, that's my woodworking that I prefer. That's what I really speaks to my soul. No, uh, it was a lot of boards and stuff in the beginning. But um, I, was, I, was, I was, in the very beginning, I was very um, intimidated by building furniture. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really, um, my biggest regret in woodworking is that within the first year, I wasn't trying to build more furniture. I was doing stuff that ultimately I didn't, I, now I just don't find any joy in, to be very honest. Like, I just don't enjoy it at all. Like, I, that stuff is just nothing I want to do with. And there's nothing wrong with that. If people want it, that's great. It's just not for me. I just don't enjoy it. Like, I want to make furniture. That's what I want to do. That's what I love doing. Um, so in the beginning, it was a lot of stuff like that. A lot of, like, um, um, tables really became, like, a big thing for me. Um, yeah, that's not even woodworking, though. That's, like, craft work. That picture you're showing there, that's, like, a, that's like a big craft <clears throat> Thing. that's the very first big project i ever made and it was uh you know it's garbage so it really is garbage like really garbage like that that is it's just it was like a bunch of painting and, and pine um no it was cool it was for my son he loved that thing that was one of the first pieces of furniture that i ever you know furniture that i ever went after and then then i made that and then I shared that on social media and then through my, you know, and I started getting people asking me if I could make tables. And I was like, yeah, for sure I can make tables having never made a table. And then I started making tables and then tables started really becoming my thing. Um, and I've been very fortunate with tables because they can be extraordinarily high margin and highly lucrative um, if you can get into the right demos. And um, the problem with tables are 
the ones that people typically want and the ones that are hot right now um, are very boring to make because it's like a big slab and then someone makes a base. And frankly, yeah. the funnest part about a table is making the base. Like the base is the most fun. The table is just a big cutting board. Right. So um, it's just like not like they got old, you know. So now it's I'm really trying to like anything I can. We're just trying to make really challenging projects now. So as, as we go move forward and move forward with things and try to take on more stuff, um, I'm going to take on those jobs that are lucrative, of course, because I own a business and have employees, but um, right. I'm going to try to take on more and more <clears throat> different things as much as we can, because that's what I like doing. I just want to be challenged. I really don't want to get bored with what I'm doing here in the shop. Because like in this space here, like in this building, this is like my happy place. Like, this is where I like being. This is where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's my happy place. So um, I don't want to walk in here and be like, oh, got to do this crap again. It's right. not what I want to be. I want it to be great. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question or not. That was a crazy tangent. That was awesome. <laughs> we're, we're actually we're like, done now. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I have a question. So I'm a firm believer in there's no such thing as mistakes only lessons learned being the self-proclaimed most humble man in the universe. What are some mistakes that you've made that, and how you've overcome them with your business specifically with the business. So everyone has trouble in the, well, I don't want to say everyone. That's not fair. Um, definitely pricing was the thing where I learned the most uh, in terms of from the business side. I think most everyone in this world get, or in this, in the woodworking world um, has trouble with pricing. And the real yeah. problem I find is that um, if you don't believe in the value of the price you're trying to sell, the customer will not believe in that price either. Right. So um, I think some people, like if you make a $15,000 table um, and you ask yourself would you buy it or is it worth it? And the answer is no, then you might need to like look at things a little differently. Um, I think that when you get down, it's very expensive to make things. It's very costly. It's very, uh, it's very, uh, to pay people what they're uh, worth is very expensive to get the, uh, the true value out of, um, out of a project. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it and a lot of time. So, um, Pricing was the thing where it was the hardest. Um, I guess some of the other things would be um, anticipating real costs of employees. Mm -hmm. That was one that was like a humongous shock for me. Um, there's so many other costs associated with employees that you just, unless you have someone who just can really mm -hmm. tell you about all that stuff, you just can't yes. anticipate kind of costs involved. It's You're so talking like, like insurance and, and uh, workman's comp yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Work comp out here is bonkers. I just did a live a, a couple hours ago. Um, out here in California, I have a very good rate, and I pay $11 for every $100 of payroll that I pay. Um, mm -hmm. So if I pay someone $10 an hour, I pay the, they cost me $11 an hour. But I also still have to pay payroll taxes on that. So they're more right. like $14 an hour. So if like one of my guys makes $40 an hour, he's actually a burden rate of $50 an hour, but also he's using my tools and my electricity and I have to have insurance while he's there, other insurance outside of work comp insurance. 
So it ends up, you know, I kind of run like a, a, a shop rate of $150 an hour um, for things. That's generally my go-to shop rate is $150 an hour for when we're building stuff. Right. Um, and that's kind of where things have to be. That's just, we have a lot of stuff here, a lot of tools. And with the three of us, we really can crank out projects faster than um, a one-man shop with not so many resources. So you could pay us $150 an hour and get it done in five hours, or you can pay another shop $75 an hour and it'll take four days. I'm right. cheaper. Yeah. So um, that's the bottom line. So that's kind of how those things go. Um, are you, so are yeah, you but pricing search? is the biggest one. What's that? Are, are you still in search of uh, an apprentice or, uh, uh, you know, somebody there in the shop for a fourth person? So, um, no, that the people, that the, the people are found. Um, mm -hmm. It's a matter of doing now. Um, we've got, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, this week has been exceptionally stressful for the business. Well, for me, I guess when I say the business, it's me. It's been exceptionally stressful this week. Uh, this has been one of the most, we have so much work right now. Um, it's very stressful right now. Um, mm. It's hard to say how stressful it is without going into too many details, but we, this week, um, has gotten very crazy. So uh, we, we have just so much work right now that I'm having to get very creative with how we attack it. And I'm having to bring in a contractor to help with a project that I'm going to be real honest. Um, we didn't, I didn't think we would be a part of. And um, it just is a bit out of the coffee custom builds wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. but it's kind of turning coffee custom builds into a general contractor now. And we're doing mm -hmm. this entire re We're doing an entire retail build out. Oh, wow. um, so we're doing like coffee custom builds is doing the entire, and it's like, it's a pot shop. Um, they're, they're putting up this pot shop in, um, they're doing like CBD oils, bath bombs, stuff like that for yeah. uh, CBD. And um, coffee custom builds is doing the entire thing. Um, but I'm subbing out the work where it needs to have a contract, where there needs to be a licensed contractor involved. I got a buddy <clears> that does all my he's a licensed contractor so um right. we have this is like new territory for us on top of that we have all this stuff going with room and board right now we're doing the, we're doing 25 well we're about to get the first po for the 25 coffee tables a month with them mm -hmm. uh, we're doing 110 floating shelves a month with them we just got the second po for that before we've even shipped out the first order um we have 55 monopoly boards we're trying to get done by the end of next week we have a huge countertop that's got we got to get going next week we've got another huge countertop we just got a conference table for a lawyer and, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of other the crap business, business is slow. Yeah, yeah it's real slow right now. It's just really <laughs> so stressful. If um, anybody watches Mike's stories, you can see him go through all this stuff. And this is why when I talk to, you know, different woodworking groups and I'm discussing like a transition from hobbyist to like full time or whatever, I and other people I have heard very, very frequently reference like, we don't want Mike coffee stress, right? Because, that, and that's what, that's, what, that's what I say all the time because you have so much all going on at the same time. And here I am like, I'm going to deal well, with my one project at a time here, sir. Well, here's the thing though, and, you, and that's fine. If that's, what, if that's your path, there's nothing wrong with right. that. Do it. Someone right. up here just said uh, that, that stress takes the fun out of it. That's true for you, but I really you. like stress. 
right. actually like the pressure a lot, and I actually perform best under pressure. Um, if I don't feel pressure, I start to stress out and worry there's not enough coming down the pipe. Right. So, um, like, when we have a lot going on, like right now, right now is kind of a tipping point. This week's been a little rough because of a few things. I have to fly out to Europe on Sunday, and I'm gone for the whole week next week, which just adds a whole nother wrinkle. Um, uh, but for me, stress is something that I wouldn't say it's pressure. Um, there's a lot of pressure right now, so I don't think using the word right. stress is right. Um, but yeah, it's it's different for everyone, and I I like knowing that we're this busy. And if you don't want to be that busy, you shouldn't do that because it's going to ruin right. your life. You need to do that. You need to yeah. take your business and turn it into the thing, the thing that you want. And you, right. if it's not, if you're not going to find joy in having a business that is run amok and is so busy that you're just miserable, then you're doing it wrong. Don't do it like that. I have like really hard lines for me. Like I don't want more than five employees at any point. I also want my employees to be so invested that I become more of a leadership role and a facilitator for the business. So right. they can get what they, they need, what they get what they need. So I want Sean to be taking off jobs. Um, I want Sean to be taking off. I mean, I want the guys to be taking on more of my day-to-day -day responsibilities so mm -hmm. I can pay them more money for one. Cause that's, if that's more, if they have more responsibilities, they get more money. That's the bottom line. Takes responsibility off my plate and I can focus on the things I want to do, which is, um, the projects I just want to build. I can focus on the projects I want to build, make content on that, and, uh, you know, hopefully turn a profit on that side too. So, um, and then there's, you know, there's plans and files and all these other things on the side right. that can make money on. So there's a long-term plan, but this, this thing growing like it is, is uh, that's my dream and I'm happy about it. So, yeah, that's so awesome. Mike, Mike, how do you deal, how do you feel about the rumor of your beard being fake? <laughs> it's not real no one can grow one this nice yeah exactly yeah. i started that rumor i'm gonna keep it up so a bunch of raccoons had to die for this thing so their yeah. death was not in vain so so uh, a plug here for mike for those of you that are struggling with pricing your stuff um he has a class uh that you could purchase on your website right yep um you can yeah, go, you go to if you go to the website, coffeecustombuilds.com forward slash classes, uh, it's the only class available right now. I have actually two other classes um, in the works. One is done. Like I wrote the curriculum for the class. I just need to be able to implement the class. So mm -hmm. this, the, like you were saying, um, the first class is uh, on pricing. There's a pricing guide available, which is just a spreadsheet. I literally use it on every single project. Um, that's for sale on my site. Um, the uh, the class is like a two hour class, and the, my part of the class going over the spreadsheet and talking about my approach to things was good. But the questions in that class were so good; people were asking so many really good, hard hitting, like in depth questions. And originally, I was going to break it all up, but the class ended up becoming that Q and A session, and it was so good. It's an hour and fifteen minutes of just solid questions from people who are getting started. So, right. um, look at this guy rolls in here, yeah, yells awesome. in Espanol. Like we're gonna change the language we speak on our live for this guy. Yeah, not Get out of here! <laughs> it's one of the rules of the show. We have to now. So the balls on this guy. <laughs> what the heck? What? All right, guys. Espanol now. Lo siento. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's don't get stuck up biblioteca. Yeah, Matt, rough standard woodworking man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. So.
Um, I'm really proud of that I've, class. And I've had nothing but good feedback. So I've heard from a lot of people that were had to have taken the class. They're very impressed by it, and it, it helped them a lot. So yeah, it was really comprehensive. So um, feeling a little left out without a beard here. You should, bro. What yeah, the grow something, ma'am. We need you to fix that. <laughs> I'm really struggling, uh, yeah. Mike. So so really, I w I want to know what's next for your business, man. Where where do you want to take it? You said I'm from a five employees, but like, what's next for you? Um, I'm kind of in the middle of figuring that out right now. Um, figuring out what we need to do with the SBA. I'm trying to get an S I'm in the, I'm trying to figure out an SBA loan. There's some other, um, things going on in the background that are going to affect some things. So I'm trying to work through those, but, um, or I'm going to work through those, but, um, I mean, the next thing, really, this business needs like a 5,000 square foot building. Um, we, we, need, we need space. Um, we, need, we need operating space and I need to scale up. I literally just finished the building and it's like, we got, like, I was working six, I mean, I really, it was a year. I mean, I, I, there was like, since I, I mean, since January, I've been trying to get that building thing up. And then as soon as it was done, I had this like immense weight taken off my shoulders and then like a week later, I was like, I got to do this again. I got to build a new building. I got to build an even bigger building. And it was just like, uh, it's every day, it's more and more apparent. Like it, that other side is literally stuffed with shelves right now. And in two weeks, it's going to be stuffed with coffee tables. We're going to be slapping out. So um, at least you have the space to push it off out of the way for, for now. I mean, that's, right. that's we don't that's the problem like it's it, like there that room is full right now over there i mean it's it's a mess we're like stepping over each other and like i need to get some other solution for in the like i'm gonna have to buy another c train i'm gonna have to buy like another uh another c train just to put those things in while we're waiting and stuff just to throw stuff in storage so oh my god really, that's yeah. what i'm talking about yeah i think i'm gonna do <laughs> a, i, I want to do a five thousand square foot building so okay. for me like one of my goals long term is and i don't know I think I've talked about this on, on the podcast. I, I don't know if I talk about it too much, but one of my, I know I've talked about it on content somewhere, but like one of my goals is um, I really want to have a space where my business is operated out of, but in the back, um, the back, I want to have cl a classroom back there. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my goals is to be able to bring in people from across the country and facilitate a spot where I can bring in someone who has, some specific skill sets and they can come in. I'll, I'll put Liam them up Lisa. out for like a, like a, like a seven day intensive class or like a weekend class or something. So people from the area can come in and get, get, a, get a involved in these classes. Cause there's not a lot of that in this area and we need mm -hmm. it really bad. So I, man, it is just dumping rain. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> it's coming down right now. Um, oh, it's hailing. Uh -oh. Might be wire connections kind of weird right now. Is it bad? It's pretty choppy. Hold on, let we me. Can, uh, we can hear you, but your 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 visual is what's choppy. I can. Uh, oh wait, no, that won't work either. Sorry, I'm on Starlink, so that's probably why it's choppy. Sorry about that. We can hear you just fine though. Yeah. Okay. You look. And if you weird. just stop moving, it'll freeze, and we'll just be able to see the beautiful beard. It'll just freeze <laughs> right there, and that'll be good. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so i got some questions about the podcast um so when are you guys going to get rid of that other guy that is kind of useless on the podcast you know you know what i'm talking about 
they can't get rid of me, unfortunately. So <laughs> we have a contract. Is, is the podcast, did the podcast grow like you hoped it would? Did it exceed your expectations? Like, I'm really curious about that. So we had He's falling into a robot tunnel. Yep. <laughs> oh no, am I am I am I dying? You you came, yeah. you came back. You came back. Okay. So when we there you sorry, are. like this it's just started dumping rain, like and it's super bad. Um anyway. Um when we first started the podcast we had zero expectations. Um we didn't really have any idea we didn't even know how this worked. We didn't know how it worked. We mm -hmm. were we were just we just did some preliminary research and we're trying to figure out how to just get a podcast out. <laughs> it was it was uh it took us a little bit to get going. But we started the podcast the week the country went on lockdown for COVID in twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. And um we were like, well, everyone's gonna stop listening to podcasts because no one's going <laughs> to work. Um, but we were super duper wrong. Everyone started listening to podcasts because now they were home and they were working in their shops. Right. And we had like this line where like we released the podcast and then it just went boop and it shot way up over that summer. And uh, the numbers like right at the gate were like, we were like super pumped about them. The numbers were crazy. Um, and then honestly, they got high and then they've kind of just leveled for like the last two years almost. Like we, we they've just been kind of level and real steady. And we've been trying to test different ways to make it, um, to grow it. Mm -hmm. And we're just not really sure what we can do without betraying the format. The and, only right. fans in the open? Yeah, we, yeah, we're trying to show our buttholes, but no one, no, we, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, wow. but, you know, I you're going but Dan was involved. Subscribe. Just, yeah, yeah, it was just, you know. Um, no, we, uh, we've been trying to figure out ways to, to grow it without, betraying the format and mostly the best thing we can come up with is to bring on guests, but it's still, we're not seeing what we want to see. And like, for me, like for me, time is super precious. Like I only have so much bandwidth in my life and in my day right. and it gets, it gets harder and harder every single week. It seems like to have bandwidth for everything. And like the podcast, um, we're not like getting rich off the podcast. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, man, on paper, this thing isn't making much sense anymore because I could spend three or four hours making a lot more money doing this. Right. And um, that holy butthole. Yeah, only flannels. That's the real one. Um, no, we. Uh, Where the, does the carpet match the beard? <laughs> sure does. Um, <laughs> no. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's the podcast is one of those things where it's like a passion project. Like the, I just like doing it so much that it, I just don't think I could give it up. Yeah. Um, but it does, it's a lot of, it's a big time commitment, you know? Um, and sometimes I have to go, man, this is, this is, this is tough to justify this for how much we're making off of it, you know? And it's not like we're not, we're not making money, but it's really hard when other things are making much more money. Right. So, with that being yeah. said, I'm quitting the podcast. Uh, I wanted to announce it here on Sawdust Talk Live. I'm taking nice. a plate, guys. <laughs> so no, it's, what? it's one of those things. It's just one of those things that I love doing. And we do, I mean, yeah. uh, as horrible as Dan and Pete are, they're like the worst. We do have really yeah. good chemistry. We, so. We've had them both on this, on this show. Yeah, they were uh, the worst guests we've had. If I had known that. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so um. if, if if AWP was to have a movie played after him, who would you want playing your character? <laughs> Come on. Stupidest question ever. Come on. Come That's on. a good question. I want That's a valid know. question. That's the stupidest question ever. Dolly Parton. I, I want it to be absolutely Ooh. ridiculous. Dolly I can Parton. see it. Wait. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, right, gotta right, ask the pick a fight. We gotta jump to some questions. If AWP and Shop Sounds were gonna fight, who would you pick to fight against? Like a physical altercation? Yes, fisticuffs. <laughs> I think I Burn want to right? You got I, I mean beard versus beard. So uh, this, this is a this is a so the question's a little off, right? So like Pete picked shop sounds to fight against. Dan picked green suitors to fight against. So like it, yeah. what what podcast would you pick? To get into a physical altercation with? A physical like fist to cuffs. Is there any like scroll sawing podcasts that you guys know about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, uh, I don't know of any. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I guess shop sounds. Nick Key looks real ticklish, so I think I could take him. Yeah. Well, the beard, the beard will tickle him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do it with my hands. It's fine. I'll get in there. I'll get dirty. It's fine. That's so funny. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. So as we get to questions, if anybody else has questions for Mike, feel free to put them down below. I'll pull up some, and we'll kind of go through them and uh, shoot them over to you, Mike. Cool. All right, yeah. so biggest Good. question here from Temecula Yard Games. I love this one. How do you balance family and work? That is a very difficult question to answer because it's very hard. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to make time for the family. So, um, you know, it's tough. It's really tough, but it's top priority, you know? So it, you know, anytime I can get time with my boy is top priority, you know, anytime I can get time for him, give him, give him, uh, attention is I will give it to him. Like I was, I was doing computer work and right before this and he's like, Hey, let's play a game. And I'm like, yeah, let's play a game. We got to <laughs> meth. Yeah. The answer is meth. No, I was like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just got to make time. Do you like uh, getting him in the shop at all? Or does, does what? Does he get, does your son get in the shop with you? Help out? Oh yeah. He, I'll give him a pile of scraps and he'll just go to town and build some random crazy thing. He actually <laughs> built a pen. He, did, he built a, uh, a Queen Anne credenza the other day. <laughs> no, he's six. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. He's no. like, probably better than him. Yeah. Like. yeah, he, he, he actually built this uh, panther router cart for me. It was amazing. So nice. no, um, no, it's, uh, he just, he'll just glue up random stuff. It's pretty cool. He just, that's yeah. what I do. So that's so, cool. I, that's the, the thing with kids is like, you can't like force them. You can't be like, come into the shop. You're going to come right into the shop and, uh, do stuff. You just gotta have, I gotta, I just wait for him to, um, to, to ask to come in. So yeah. I'll just be like, Hey dude, I got a bunch of scraps and you can come cut stuff. You know, I let him use a table saw. I'm just kidding. He, uh, he, I give him like a handsaw and he goes to town, you know, he'll just start cutting stuff up and he, he knows how to use a clamp. So he knows how to glue up a panel. You know, it's not, it's not going to stay together. You know, there's nothing's jointed, but he'll, he'll glue some pieces of wood together and make a panel. He's like, yeah. I turned around, I came over, there were dominoes in the whole freaking thing. Like that kid. <laughs> yeah, he's, he went to town. That's he's impressive. Pretty crazy. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, 
Ed, Jeff, either one of you guys. Randomly. Uh, so uh, Bernie from Bernie Builds wants to know what project stands out to you as one that you, oh, look, that you learned just the joined. most from. Oh, you're just. Oh, speaking of the ticklish. How Nick, ticklish is Nick? We want to know how ticklish she is. Yeah, Nick, they were asking if, uh, if, if we got, if the AWP boys got into a physical altercation with the Shop Sound boys who would win. And I said that I'm pretty sure you look really ticklish and I think I could take you. <laughs> yeah. And then your ears must have been burning. Uh, project stands out to you as well. Or you're getting tickled, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'll get tickled by Nick. He knows that. He's my tickle buddy. Uh, what project stands out? The one I learned the most from. Uh, okay, so the one I learned the most from. So, like, uh, I, I don't remember if it was last summer. I think it was last summer. I did this project. It was a 14-foot-long, live-edge, waterfall, English elm table for this building. It was, I learned a lot from that job. So it was for a contractor. It was in the seventh story penthouse of this mid-rise in downtown. Um, oh, you're ticklish, Nick. You're yeah. ticklish. I don't believe that I know one bit. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Sounds like something someone would say who was super ticklish. Um, <laughs> but this job was for a contractor and um, it was the biggest job financially I had done by far. And um, I learned a lot about liability and warranties and purchase orders and contract verbiage. I had already dealt with that stuff at my previous job, but having it applied to my business was an eye opener for sure. So um, that was that job I learned a lot on. So um, yeah, that was that was, and it was really cool. We had to I had to do this this waterfall this mitered waterfall and I had to engineer this. So this thing had a 14 foot span, right? And it, it, ha it had 14 foot span unsupported. And it was a three inch thick slab, um, a 14 foot, 14 foot span. So I had a waterfall on the end and on the other side, it went, it terminated into a pony wall. We had to make custom brackets for So I had to use, I had to make a C channel um, skeleton for the underside. So typically C channel runs across the grain and it stops right. cupping. We made, we made a custom C-channel that was 12 feet long um, that goes down the whole length of it. And we adjusted the slots that, in a perpendicular manner. We rotated them 90 so that it would adjust for wood movement that way. So that thing actually had three of those down the center as well as C-channel down, running down the other way. So it looked almost like a ladder pattern. Mm. Um, so it kept it flat. And it also, it also carried the span of that 14-foot span. So um, there was some fun engineering in that. And just pricing things up, having to deal with other trades. We had to, um, there was a, the millwork company that was doing all the, all the cabinetry had to match my finish on my piece. Cause my piece was a statement piece in the room mm -hmm. and uh, they had to match all the cabinetry to that. So I had to coordinate with them, getting them finished samples and uh, it was a bunch of new stuff. So that one really taught me the most from a business standpoint. So. Nice. Um, let's see. James <laughs> What? That was. I went live yesterday and said I was looking for a new arch nemesis. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> True. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I ain't ticklish, buddy. Uh, that's not what I heard. <laughs> I, Ed, ticklish. you tell you tell him he's ticklish. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, so he sent me the videos. Jay May Woodworks wants to know if you prefer hand tools or power tools. I prefer power tools. 
Um, but I'm, I really am like a hybrid. I, as I get more into it, though, more now, hand tools get pulled out more and more and more and more and more over here. So, I mean, I really do like power tools. If I have a gun to my head, the answer is power tools. But, I mean, I have – I am I mean, hand tools get pulled out just more and more and more over here. So, I just they, – they have such – they're just such an important part of the process. I just – it – it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's short-sighted to choose one over the other. Mm. So, gotcha. They have, they have their place. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question from Sam at Wooly Pedals Co. Woodco. Um, can you give us some insight on WorkbenchCon? Would a small Instagram account benefit from going? That depends on you. Um, that depends on your ability to talk to brands and to market yourself. And um, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to grow from a content side, I would say that there will, there's a lot of like 101 classes there, like content making 101. Um, I think that it's, it's, it does have good information. I think that you'll get the best information from all the people who are there that you talk to at the bar. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's going to be at the bar lobby and everyone will be talking about that stuff. So I think that's going to be where the best insights come. You can pick up on a lot of the trends everyone's seeing. Um, so I, I would say that if you're trying to grow your, um, your, your, your social media presence, it sure can be, but you're not going to go there and walk out with immediate growth. It depends on you taking that by a bull by the horns and making something happen with it. So are um, you going to be there this year? Uh, we, the podcast will be there. Um, there is, I think the guys would be a hundred percent. I would say I'm probably 95%. Um, okay. We, I mean, my trips were to take care of, so I should be there, but there's a few extenuating factors that I have to figure out um, mm -hmm. outside of, you know, in my personal life. So are you guys um, going to uh, karaoke uh, regulators again, or <laughs> I will never karaoke with Dunlap ever. Again. It, it, tell Dunlap I'll jump in on take over your part. I am a I'll badass do karaoke all day long. I just I told Dan I was like I don't know the lyrics to that song, dude. Don't pick that song. Like, no, oh, like, he was drunk. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's not at all. No, I love doing karaoke. There's a place out there in Atlanta uh, that went to at IWF called Sister Louisa's Church of the Living Room and Ping Pong Emporium. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about char. One of the best. It's one of the coolest bar experiences I've had in a long time. I will absolutely be going back there. So um, it was the funnest karaoke. It was such. A, I mean, it was just a really great, really great night. So um, had a blast. That's awesome. But yeah, I love karaoke. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Uh, all right, so six dogs design. Uh, what's your biggest strength in your business? And uh, what's the one weakness you have in the business that you'd like to improve upon? Man, that's tough. Um, <laughs> two hard hitters. What's that? I said two hard hitters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest strength is, um, I, think, I think one of the things that's helped, I mean, I do have, I'm fortunate to have some pretty good business acumen. Um, so I don't know if that properly answers the question, but I think something that's been really helpful for the business is my, my knowledge of business in general, um, just from jobs I've had. I didn't go to formal training or anything like that, but like real world experience in the business side has really helped me out. Um, and if, 
far as weaknesses, um, I think I'm, I think I, I think one of my biggest problems is I, so I, I have all this opportunity for work in front of me, right? And I have all these options. So what I do is I, I just keep raising prices. I just keep raising prices and raising prices. And sometimes there's these jobs where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put a really high price on there. Um, and sometimes still, we still get a yes. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how are people paying this much money for these things? Mm -hmm. um, and instead of saying yes, or instead of saying no, I say yes to them anyways, even though I know we're busy. So sometimes we just take on a lot of work, or I take on a lot of work. Um, and for me, it's just a matter of like, sometimes the project sounds really cool and it's new and I just like to mix it up a lot. So I think, I think, um, <laughs> I'm not answering this question very well. I get, I do too much work. It's such a problem. I, I, <laughs> I'm too nice of a person. Yeah. It's not even like nice. It's just like, I want to take on the work really bad. And I, I think yeah. maybe I could probably be better at saying no to stuff. So mm. I think that's probably what I'm getting to. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so I got one from Victor at uh, Wim Designs. Since starting your business, uh, what do you feel was the best business lesson you have learned to grow your business? Um, hmm. That's another good question. Don't do crack. Next. <laughs> no. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I thought that was solid. Here's one, that, here's, one, I've, I've, <laughs> here's one that's really important. Here's one that's really important. And this is um, always be growing your network, uh, whatever that is. Uh, other trades, other business owners, um, grow your network. If there's someone who's smarter than you or knows your business better than or does your business but is better at it than you, Mm -hmm. get to know that person better um, and, and pick their brain whenever you can and create a relationship where like they're gonna um, they're gonna impact you in a positive way um, so I I think that um, I think that surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you is the best is the best way to say that so get people around you build your and constantly build. here's the thing with building your network and that's been the secret for me to getting business um, is if you just make a relationship with an electrician, you know, on this, as a woodworker, you're like, I don't, you know, need to have a professional relationship with a, with an electrician, but that electrician goes into people's homes all the time. And you know where my furniture goes? In those where? people's homes. So, oh. so there's these, these connections get made. And as you make these connections, you grow these connections, uh, people start to refer you, um, especially if you, especially when they feel like they can stand behind your work. So right. if you're making good work and and you have connections and people like you and you're generally a likable person, um, they you'll get referrals. And that's where a lot of work comes from is referrals. So that's, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, Cable Woodcraft uh, asking what your favorite so far is, Shaper or Panto router? So um, I get asked this question at least three times a day now. And mm -hmm. that is, it's a good question because they're both very expensive tools and um, they on the surface seem to be similar tools, I think is what people are getting towards with them. And they're just not, they're just yeah. not similar tools at all. Right. Um, I would say that 
for the lion's share of people in this community, the origin makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. um, that is a very cool tool. It takes up a very small footprint. It is extraordinarily accurate. The tolerances are impressed me almost every time. Um, the Panther router is an absolutely bonkers production machine. You can get insane repeatability and production off of the Panther router. Mm. Uh, if I didn't have a business like mine, um, the Panther router wouldn't have as much of a spot in it like the origin does, right. but I do. So in the, with the position I'm in, I mean, honestly, the answer for me is get both tools, yeah. honestly. And I know that's like a bougie statement to make, but like both tools they have offer a lot and they do different stuff. Yeah, they're really, for my business, they're both no brainers. I mean, there's not too many other tools I want. Everything from here on out is like redundancies. Like we have multiple nice sanders, you know, cause there's multiple people sanding in here. You know, another CNC is coming, but like, there's not a whole, I mean, other than hand tools, like I'm constantly building my hand tool collection these yeah. days. As far as power tools go, the only, there's nothing I need. It's just either bigger, a bigger version of it or another one. That's kind of where right. I'm at. Like I feel like for as far as tools, tools go, I'm tooled out, but like the origin and the, the Panther router are the most fun tools I've gotten in the shop in a very long time. Cool. And I look forward to using both of them every time I get to. So they're very fun. That's awesome. Uh, Ed, Jeff, more, more radial arm saws. That's ah, I, would love radial, I would love a radial arm saw in here. I'd love to get one of those. Oh, yeah? like, dusty, oh I'd love that. Oh, yeah. A nice yeah. one? Yeah, that's like, that's like 20 grand. That's fine. I want one real bad. Like, I'd love to have that. I just get $50 ones on, uh, on Facebook. So Yeah, I get an old... An old craftsman that's gonna. I have an old, old Dewalt right 740 there. right there. <laughs> you got a Dewalt? Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, nice, dude. The Dewalt ones are slick. Those are good. Yeah, that's cool. I try and collect the uh, the cool ones. I have the old Craftsman with the uh, LED or LCD readout. It's oh, it's okay. interesting. Terrifying. That's where the blade will come off and cut you in half, though. So be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I bought it. Yeah. Good reviews on that one. <laughs> um, what's a project that you've made that that you could think of that surprised you? that maybe like you weren't, weren't looking forward to making it, but by the end of it, you were really surprised in the outcome and how much you learned from it. I'm gonna flip it on its head. Uh -huh. uh, we're doing this dining set and well, I'll give you two. <laughs> we're doing this dining set and then I'll give you one for the actual question they asked. Oh, word. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing this dining set <laughs> and on the surface, it was a table, which is, I can do in my sleep. It was an L-shaped bench with fold-up tops, which in my head is extraordinarily simple. Mm -hmm. And then three chairs, which I had never done before, and it was going to be a challenge, and I was looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. um, the table was very boring, and I did not have fun with it. Uh, it was extremely simple because it ended up being a farmhouse-style table, which um, the customer's happy, so that's, that makes me happy. But as the creative side of it, I just don't – my heart's not in it. Um, right. Then the benches, also I hated them. Like I don't like them, they're still, I mean, that project's still sitting here because we're waiting. They want the tops to be upholstered. Again, it's not going into my house. It's not for me, right. they're gonna love it. The chairs were fantastic. I expected the chairs to give me much more, I was very intimidated by the chairs. Mm -hmm. And now I have this bug and I wanna make chairs all the time now. <laughs> and uh, 
kind of like like I, I have all these chair designs in my head and every almost every night I'm going in and I'm designing new chair designs like mid-century modern chair designs and I, I've got like a handful of them now that I've really got done and they're really hashed out and they're ready for me to make cut lists for um, so that table ended up, that project ended up being a lot worse than I thought it was going to be uh -huh. um, and then I've got this table that we did for this fantastic customer this guy is about the nicest guy on the planet um, he wanted a, a Claro Walnut live edge dining table he wanted metal base that's fine. Uh, so we got him that, delivered the table. Two weeks later, he said, hey, there's these weird piles of sawdust on the table. The uh, table had powder post beetles in it. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to get it out of his house. And then that ended up happening like three, four times. And that slab had to be burned. So uh, that was a real nightmare. And I still owe that guy a table, but he's moving into San Francisco. And we're going to have to get, I'm like, I'm building a whole new table for free. Mm -hmm. uh, it's absolute nightmare for my customers. I've never had that happen before. So um, hopefully that never, ever happens again. So that was one, that was a project where it was going to be a slam dunk. Customer was killer. He's still great too. He's like, man, it's fine. It's wood. You know, it's all good. Um, you know, so for him, it was very, um, for me, for me, it's very frustrating as a business owner and as someone who has a customer that I value a lot, uh, right. not being able to knock it out of the park for him was really frustrating. Um, and then a project that I thought was going to be a nightmare that ended up being really good is uh, we did this double waterfall L-shaped desk. It was all live edge, all Clara Walnut. I thought it was going to be much more of a pain in the neck than it was. Not the build so much as the process of dealing with the customer. Mm. Um, I thought it was going to be a much more tricky and difficult situation. And the whole thing went off without a hitch and it was fantastic. So um, that was one of those things we're like, okay, cool. So really happy with that one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really great. All right. So I think one of our last questions here, kind of aside from money as a motivating factor, um, what keeps you motivated on those days where you don't feel like, uh, where you don't feel that motivation? So, this is going to be a super annoying answer because I pretty much feel motivated every day. It's pretty rare for me to be like, I don't feel like it. It's not, that's not really my style. Honestly, there's not a lot of days. I mean, I do get burnout. Um, I do, I am really in need of like a week off or like time away. And decaf. Um, yep. All right. No, no, more caffeinated coffees. <laughs> I just, it's not really, there's not, I mean, the thing that motivates me is, the, it's not the money. It's not the money. It almost, there's almost no days where it's just the money. I mean, getting paid a good amount for a job is really nice for sure. But that is not the motivating factor. The motivating factor for me is continuing to do the thing I love and pay my bills doing it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess money is tied into that, but I mean, really, I just love doing this. Uh, I really do love doing this. It's, I'm really fortunate to do this thing that I love. And um, I was just talking about this today about how much woodworking and this craft has changed my life and it's changed who I am and I get to do it every day. So pretty fortunate. So that really motivates me. And I feel like I have, and this is a conversation I have, but um. I feel like I, I almost owe woodworking in a way, like, and I need to figure out how to give back to woodworking as much as I can. So um, yeah. I love doing this. Like there's other opportunities I can be doing where I could probably, make, we were, I was just talking about this in, in, a, in the live I was in earlier. So it was like, well, why don't you just sell plans and you can, you can make money that way. It's like, I could do that. I could just sell plans, but I didn't become a furniture maker to fun. sell plans. 
I became yeah. a furniture maker to make furniture. Like I'm not trying to find the easiest way out here. Right. I really like doing this. So, um, and like not to toot my own horn, but it's going pretty good. So I'm going to keep doing this. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome. So you heard it right here from the most humble man in the world. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I got this question. I'll cover this one. Um, 3D DIY Dave says, fuck, Mary kill, Dunlap, Petries, or Paul Jackman? Which one? Kill Dan. Which, what order? Uh, Obviously. I mean, I, yeah. like, no, like, zero. That's a given. Yeah. Zero, like, wait on that one. I'm killing Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Immediate answer. Uh, yeah, like, twice. I, we don't have if to you be could, playing this you game. Twice. We, don't have to, we don't have to be playing this game. I'm just going to kill Dan. I, mean, I just want to make, <laughs> I want to get it out there. This is a active threat on Dan's life. No, uh, <laughs> kill Dan. Um, I mean, Jackman and I have some serious chemistry, so we are, and he's down to clown. So, uh, um, it's going to be gross. Um, and then Pete's just seems like a really, um, a really, um, Good man to have around the, the type house. of guy you want to take home yeah. to mom. Yeah. Get, some, get some chores done around the house. You know, it'd be nice to have a guy <laughs> yeah. around the house and get some stuff yeah. done, you know? <laughs> He's got the golden girls doing work in the garage. That's right. He can do the ditches. You know, it's great. Yeah, that's fine. Pete seems like he's uh, going to take care of things, you know? <laughs> but I'm killing I'm going to kill Dan. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just want that to be clear. <laughs> Kevin, you heard it here, Kevin. <laughs> okay, so on that note, Mike, I, I don't know if you know this, but we do a giveaway at the end of these shows. Um, do you have, can you grab like a pen and paper if you don't have one already? And uh, right, I'm not doing work. I'm your guest. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, <Hold> you're... <laughs> sorry. Last part of it. So big thanks to George Supplyco. You know, they support us and, uh, we give away a gift card, right? So write down a number between like one and 20. And, Me? uh, Yep. yep. Oh, you weren't joking. I have to do stuff. No, right, yeah. I'm going to look away. You guys keep typing in numbers. Between 1 and 20? It's 1 and 20. And don't be like Dan and just show the number before people start guessing. <laughs> people have already started. All right. So let's see here. We got um, 17, I think, was the first one. As always, 13. Uh, uh, 22. 423. Uh, 9, 6. It's between 1 and 20 people. Uh, 12, 10, 14, 19, 17, 13, uh, 16, 13, 7, 6, uh, 4, 15, 3, 8, Come on, people. 11. All right, so. There's, there's only 20 numbers there, people. Come on. 16. Oh, let us know if they say the number. Oh, they did. Yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. No, it was. It was. It was just now. It was eleven. Okay. Dan's Perfect. Dan's woodworking. Dan woodworking. Dan woodworking. Got Dan it. woodworking. You Dan. didn't even put the S at the end of Dan. <laughs> How do I know it belongs to you? Oh, it's just Dan woodworking. I get it. Okay. Yeah. You're. You're. <laughs> anyway, Dan, I'll contact you. You'll get a twenty dollars gift certificate to. Uh, uh, George Spiko, and you can go buy some Sawdust Talk merch or any other Maker merch out there. It's pretty awesome, so go check that out. Um, anyways, Mike, any final words for us? I'm going to kill you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. Ed, Jeff, any uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, uh, for me, just uh, if you guys aren't following Mike, make sure you check him out on Instagram, on YouTube, 
another Woodshop podcast. If you like coffee, check out his coffee grinds. If you like Christmas trees, drive out there and get a burnt, like, dead Christmas tree because he's just pulling them all up. They're dead anyway, so. There's nothing yeah, for I, uh, All I have to say is that contrary to what Ed believes, oh, I oh. think your beard looks great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And, uh, and Mike, just want to say thank you again. I mean, we really appreciate you being on and uh, part of the show. You definitely No are. problem. Where do I send the invoice? <laughs> uh, to Ed. Yeah, Ed will oh, take care of it. What the hell? <laughs> He's paying for it. That's all I can say. So uh, We'll go ahead uh, and charge Woodcraft for this. <laughs> cool. <laughs> let, Kevin, let Kevin know uh, I get my double, double rate. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, great show. Really appreciate it. And uh, see you guys later. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. Later, Mike. Later.